Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. It is September the 27th. Man, have we been lucky. What a gorgeous September we've had. Um, hopefully you've gotten out and got to enjoy some of the fall colors. I know in the tree lot at the garden centers, um, the ones in pots and baskets go a little bit earlier than the ones planted in the ground. Um, but man, we had uh, some gorgeous Swedish columnar aspens are all just nice and red. So those, and I've had a lot of questions about this with when we get into privacy planting and uh, the difference between a tower poplar and the Swedish columnar aspen. And a lot of people worry about the planting of the columnar aspens compared and the suckering. They they will not sucker nearly, nearly, nearly as bad, but they get a bad rap because of their cousin that looks just like them, the tower poplar. And unfortunately, when you sometimes buy your stuff at the box stores and things like that, they they uh, they are selling tower poplars as they're less expensive. So just make sure when you are buying things that you get the right um, tree and uh, and the Swedish columnar aspen. They they will sucker a little bit here and there, but for the most part, they don't. Like they stay down. They they're not the big invasive roots like the the tower poplars because they get a little wonky, get a little crazy. If they're watered right and planted right, the columnar aspens are a great tree that uh, you won't have to worry about that uh, that suckering. And, and the color you'll get on a tower poplar is, it gets more like a yellow, um, but if you really want those nice fall colors, uh, the reds, the oranges, and that, the aspens, um, the Swedish columnar aspens will give you those uh, gorgeous fall colors, which were very fortunate to enjoy, and uh, if you go down Deerfoot, if you just go past the the Seton Cranston turnoff there, and if you just go down towards the Heritage Point Golf Course on the right hand side there, there's a gorgeous visual. And then also, when you're going down Deerfoot towards the Heritage by the IKEA and the Porsche dealership there up on the hill, you'll see that hill is gorgeous. There's a few spots in Calgary that I look forward to when I'm driving around just to, to enjoy the fall color, and, and we're very fortunate this year to to get that, as I uh, I was just saying to uh, my producer here that last year at this time we had that minus 20 or minus 18, 15 to 18 degrees throughout the city, and it just freeze-dried everything, and we are... Um, unfortunately seeing a lot of the effects of that this summer on our trees and shrubs a lot of a lot of trees just freeze dried and it just split the tissue in the branches up above so that caused a lot of damage so now we're uh we seem to be going great uh, gangbusters here great fall so glad especially with everything else that's going on it's so nice to have some great um, fall weather and there's so many things you can be doing out in the garden right now I know our bulb sales have gone really well lots of people looking to plant bulbs we still have quite a good selection garlic tulips and lots of the other bulbs you can get at this time of year to give you that nice spring color so, so if you uh, have a chance and you're looking to add a little bit of color to your garden first thing in the spring get out look at some bulbs daffodils are nice tulips and I, I recommend planting them in, a, in some more of clusters, like at least 7 to 12 or 15 sort of per little cluster. That way when they pop up and find the sunniest spot in your yard to put your bulbs. Um, because in Calgary, if we get a late spring, you want those to come up and be done, do their thing, give you that early spring color. 
And then that way, when we get into our annual season, you don't have your tulips and that blooming at the same time. And they just don't do as well um, when it's quite warm. Like the tulips and that, they like that, the cool mornings and and things like that because it uh, just fits with what they're doing. They're an early spring plant. So um, a few other things. Great time to plant um, trees and shrubs. And perennials right now, um, really, and just remember when you're going to the garden centers, um, I know most of them are on sale. I know we have the the sale up to 50% off, and I, I'm assuming all the other garden centers are close to the same. Um, right now, a lot of times with the perennials, the, the perennials aren't looking as good because they've been pots all season, but you're buying a root system. So when you plant it, just ensure you water it really well. And same with your trees and shrubs, like I was saying earlier. A lot of times the trees and the pots um, they go down a little bit earlier than the stuff in that's already been planted. So, But it's still a great time. The ground's nice and warm. Um, we're heading into fall. Just ensure that you're watering really well. So um, that's what I would recommend as far as fall. I got a few other things that we can chat about, and I'm sure I'll get some calls on the spruce needle shedding. We'll touch base on that later. Right now, I'm going to go to the phone lines. If you'd like to join me, they are wide open right now. You can call at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. That is the talk and text line. I'm going to go to Craig right now. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Uh, can you overwinter beets? Um, you mean like if they've already been planted in the ground? Yeah, we like, can I plant them now? And then... Um, for winter sowing, I don't, hmm, I'm, I don't believe so. I actually have Cass Smythe calling in later on today. I'll ask her as well, but no, I don't think so. Typically, Swiss chard, spinach, some of the leafy things you can do. Um, okay. Why don't you try it though? Like for the, it's not I a will. huge investment <laughs> and, and, uh, and if it doesn't work, Craig, come see me, and I'll reimburse you for a pack of beet seeds, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. One other quick one. Um, we were at a friend's place in DeWinton, and the garden was just beautiful. Yeah. And I'm sure they get as many deer as we do in Okotoks. And um, they surrounded it with a border of wildflowers. They said it keeps the animals out. Have you ever heard of that? Um, yeah, it's sort of what you're doing is creating a buffet on the outside. And, oh, okay. Yeah, so I've heard that where people just created a barrier of something else that they can munch on so they, they don't necessarily have to come in and go after your um, the stuff on the inside. So Okay, yeah, the garden was on touch. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Another one that works really well, though, is that Bob X. Um, right. Um, it's a herb-based product, um, works really well, and it, uh, it's, it's, it just tastes like really bad and yeah. uh, but but it does work and it deters them but I, i've definitely heard of that other method of sort of creating a buffet on the outside and that keeps them uh keeps them happy okay thank you all right thanks craig now, let me know on that actually i'm curious to see what because it, it, i love when people send like early spring i'll get the pictures of the spinach and the swiss chard that they've winter sown and it it's looks so good like just that crisp green looks so good so yeah, I'll let you know for sure. Thank you. Appreciate it, Craig. Okay. Take care, bud. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. All right. And I'm going to go to a, I got a couple texts here as well that so I think I'll answer real quickly. Is there a lot of bronze leaf disease out there? Yeah, I, I've seen a fair bit on the Swedish column, their aspens. 
Um, a lot of it is is it starts when if you don't have a tree well around your trees and unfortunately you've had the weed whacker up against it, opening up wounds and then it's because it's an airborne spore too. It gets in there. It's a fungus and it, it tends to enter when there's been damage to the tree of some sort. Um, but I've seen a lot of trees recover from it. Um, some of it you can cut out and it's if you do see it, it's sort of... It's a different color on them. It almost looks like a chocolatey brown, and you'll see the green veins through your through your columnar aspens. I see it misdiagnosed a lot. Um, a lot of time is when your trees are going chlorotic and things like that. People, ah, it's bronze leaf disease. Or when they first come out in the spring, you know how the aspens have that bronzy, coppery look? I get a ton of calls at that time too, asking if that's bronze leaf disease. It's pr- it, you don't see it a ton, but you do see it, and it is that it's pretty distinct. It's a sort of a bright chocolate brown with the green veins through it, and uh, so just keep an eye on that, and uh, and hopefully we can keep that at bay here in 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 our southern Alberta area that we are. Uh, Growing those beautiful trees because they do uh, they do have a fit for that privacy for us. Hi, we just bought a small greenhouse for the backyard. I want to grow tomatoes in a raised bed on one side and some greens, carrots. What kind of soil should we put in for this purpose? Thanks, love the show. Um, if you're gonna do, I would do like a garden mix. And if they're if the beds are in the ground, just do a garden mix um, that you can get, which is a mix. And um, you can either do the big yellow bag or a place like us. We sell it in bulk as well, and we deliver it in bulk to you if you like. Um, or depends on the size of them. You can use your organic bags of potting soil for veggies. I know we have the black gold and stuff like that in right now. That works really good, especially for tomatoes and stuff. I find for the root crops, sometimes the soilless mix gets a little bit too um, hot, per se, and you don't get as big a... Um, fruit on the bottom on your root crops so that's something i'd look at and uh but either one of those and that should give you some great um results and right now i think i'll probably just take a quick break is that what do you think okay well let's do that and i get back we'll hit the phone lines we get don vivian mal and chris and lots of text that i'll try to get to you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And uh, at the end of this month, I believe we can start looking at doing the elm trees again as uh, you cannot uh, prune your elm trees during the, the summer season. And we've done a good job at preventing the Dutch elm disease. I know they had a, a case or two of it down south in Medicine Hat, I think it was, but we've been very fortunate to uh, keep it at bay so far um, here in Calgary. So let's hope we can do that. Good job on our all our arborists here in Calgary. We just got to get the city of Calgary on board to quit planting uh, trees in the wrong spot, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> let's go to Don. Good morning, Don. Morning. How morning. Can I help How you? are you this morning? I'm doing great. Great, great. Lovely morning this morning. So I have a question about, I have a Virginia creeper that is climbing on my lattice on a privacy. Yeah. But it just got inundated with... Yeah, those leaf hoppers. Yeah. I guess tiny, tiny, tiny little... Yeah. What? And it just 
Jeez, I mean, by, by mid-August. Yeah, so what I recommend with those, because they're so gorgeous, and actually it was, it was good a few years ago, I worked on a project with a gentleman. Um, he, Him and his son built a life-size fire-breathing dragon in their backyard. Out of out of they they welded out of metal and all that, and out of the out of the head of it, he had built these round circles, and we put pots of red um, petunias. So we planted red wave petunias, so it looked like fire coming out of the mouth. It was so cool. But then he had it covered with um, with the the Engelman ivy or the. Um, What's the plant you're calling me about again? Virginia creeper. Ah, <laughs> slipped my mind. But it was yeah, with yeah. the Virginia. But so what we did is sort of July first. Once a week, we sprayed it with pure spray green because that's sort of when they're laying their eggs and they're doing that ta- that thing. Because when we get the heat of it, you're trying to keep them at bay. So once a week, give them a shot of the pure spray green, and it works really good as a fungicide and an insecticide. So now, when, when when do I do that? When I starting first, first, July first, once oh, a week. Okay, July first. Okay, yeah. okay, great. Because that's sort of when all the leaves have come out. They're fulfilling. They're they're night. They're still lush, and that's sort of when those leaf hoppers really start getting going. And okay. you, you see the effects of it later on. So you have to try and get in there and try and get underneath as best you can. But if you can do it once a week or every two weeks just to keep them um, nice and healthy. And once you get through that stage of when they're hatching, and then you're fine. So when August comes, you, you're not going to have those effects of of all those leaf hoppers because they just suck all the all the because you really don't notice them at first, and then you start seeing the damage, and then you start seeing them flying right. Yeah, as soon as you walk by, there's like hordes of them. Yeah, no. So yeah. that's what we found to work the best, and uh, and uh, spring green, pure spray green. Yeah, it's a pharmaceutical grade mineral oil, and it works as an insecticide. It's probably one of the best insecticides out there. Um, because it, it's 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 pretty safe. Like I said, it's pharmaceutical mineral. It's not a chemical. It's developed by a Canadian company, Suncor. Um, so it's a byproduct from our oil industry, which we all try to support wherever we can as well. Oh, and wow. and uh, and it's just it's a good product, and it's registered. Like in the United States, they've been using this or around the world. They've been using it commercially. Um, in the cut flower industry and in roses and in the wineries around the world um, because it works as a fungicide. In Canada, they just didn't pay the registration. And it's pay another, it's so crazy in Canada, it's pay another million bucks to put fungicide on the label, but oh, it still boy. works as it because our wonderful government wants another million bucks of uh, of our hard-earned money. But oh, there's this, sure. we don't have enough population. Like, they have to pay a million to register it as an insecticide, a million to register as a fungicide. Like, the amount you'd have to sell in Canada to get any yeah. money back, it's... So, obviously, in all products, um, financial things come into play. Like, they have to make be able to make some money and make it viable, right? Great, great. But, well, thank you so much for that. It's, yeah, so uh, just use that, and it works great, and it works, like I said, it's registered as a fungicide and an insecticide. So Good. Thanks so much. Have Perfect. a great day. Thanks. Love the show. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. And I will not go on any more political rants. I'm done for today. Let's go to Vivian. Good morning, Vivian. Good morning. How are you today? I am very well, thank you. And yourself? I'm doing awesome. Good. Um, we planted a garden this summer for the first time probably in 20 years. Okay. <laughs> a vegetable garden. And they, it did very, very, very well. But the um, beets, um, you know, when they get big, then they sort of pop out the ground a little bit. 
and something started eating from the top right down practically to the tail of the beet in their good size beet uh just sort of hollowing it out almost. yeah well did it look like in the leaf like it was just sort of attacking little spots through it um i don't think so it they didn't seem to it didn't seem to attack the foliage or the stem that oh, came really? out okay. of the ground from it you know nothing okay when you cut it open was there could you see anything in there no, and oh. I and I uh, I made some soup the other day, and I cut a bunch open, and they were fine. But the ones that are hollowed out, there's nothing to cut open. <laughs> <laughs> there's a shell, more or less. Huh. I, I wonder if it was some sort of a rodent, like a smaller, like a vole or a mole or a small mouse, get down in there and just eat it from underground. Well, it started at the top. Oh, okay. Where it's been out of the ground a little. Yeah, well, that kind of makes sense. They could just go in from the top, right, and then they just sort of eat their way down. And Would rabbits do that? No, you, they, it would be more, you would see it, like they're a little more physical with it. Like they would... Uh... Okay, well, we haven't seen any signs whatsoever of uh, volts. Okay, so no little holes, no little mounds of soil anywhere. No, we checked that, and yeah. there's nothing in the yeah. lawn or in the garden. Again, I'm not too sure, and uh, I'll keep that on uh, another question for Kath when she joins me um, for her hollowed-out beats, and I'll see if we can answer that. But that would be my guess. If it started at the top, that would make me think that it was something that would um, something a little bit more physical and smaller that would just go through and just eat it away. You yeah. Know? Is there an um, uh, an email address or something that I could send a picture to? Yeah. If you, you can either text it to the same number you just phoned. I don't know. Okay. I- or you can email it to Let's Talk Gardening. Okay. At S-I-U-G-C dot C-A. That's S-I-U-G-C dot C-A. C-A. Yeah. Spruce It Up Garden Center. Just the acronym for Spruce It Up Garden mm-hmm. Center. S-U-S-I-U-G-C. Oh, S-I-U. Let me write that again. I don't know why. It, it, so That happens so often where people switch the U and the I around. It's something, I don't know what it is, but it, yeah. ha- it happens all the time. So it's S-I-U-G-C dot C-A. G-C. Yep. All right. C-A. Okay, I Thank will. Thank you so much, Vivian. You're welcome. Talk Thanks to you soon. very much for your help. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I need to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening at 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to Mal. Good morning, Mal. Good morning. How can I help you? Thank you for taking my call. Of course. How can I help you? Um, I have taken... uh three geraniums and they're potted Yep. and I've had them outside all summer and they've done really well and I'd like to bring them indoors for the winter and see if I can take them through the winter. I've... And I hear there's, a, there's a, a couple of methods of doing that. Uh, can you tell me about them please? Yeah, I've, I've had some people say they, they bring them inside and I, I used to just, we used to bring them in as stock plants. Um, so we would take cuttings from them later on in the season. So we'd uh-huh. bring them in at this time of year. We'd cut them down. We'd take about a third off the top and uh-huh. then and just clean up all the foliage and, and typically repot them at that time uh-huh. and then treat them just like a house plant. Just bring them in the house and enjoy the blooms throughout the winter. Oh, keep them, Yeah, keep them in a nice sunny yeah. spot. Um, or, and I've heard some other people, they take them um, and they just leave them dormant 
and they kind of let them die back and just store them in a cool, dark place in the basement and kind of let them just die back and they sit down there all winter and then they bring them up in the, in the spring and put them in some sunshine, cut them back, and then start watering, and they uh, and they come back. Oh. Um, again, I've never done that one, and I've heard some people hang them upside down, yeah. so <laughs> I'm not too sure. I like the one of, if you if you have the room to grow them as a house plant, you might as well enjoy them and and let them do their thing. So, yeah, I think that's what I'll do. All right, good luck, Mal. Thank Hopefully you. that goes. Take care, bye sir. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. All right, let's go to Chris. And actually, I have a, another person on the text line um, that is asking about this uh, for roses as well. So hopefully this can, uh, we can answer both. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. How are you doing? Good, good. How can I help you? Good. Uh, I kind of like the political rant you went on, by the way. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I've got to be careful. They might end up putting me on one of those shows. So I, I'll stick to gardening. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm calling about um, uh, roses. I got two roses, and I'm just wondering how and when to prune them and protect them over the winter. Okay. Are they are they just hardy shrub roses or are they tea yeah. roses? Okay. They're okay. not tea roses. No, they're more like hardy um, local. Okay. Yeah, for the most part, what you can do is you can just mulch over them, like just pile leaves and, and stuff once we get uh, some of those fallen and just water them in really well. Um, I don't like to do a whole lot to my roses at this time of year. Um, I like to let the, because that way if we get any winter kill and that it can do on the branches that you have, if you have some longer branches on them. Yeah. And and the other person that is texting is sort of asking too, because sometimes you get the odd branch that just sort of takes off in a, in a direction. Right, and, yeah. And then in the spring, like when you start seeing the green growth come up, I like to even them up at that time. I usually oh, okay. take about a third off or, or 20, 10, 15, 20% off and just even them up at that time and thin them out at that time. And then that way it'll force all the new growth in the right directions. Okay. So just leave, like they're two, two and a half feet tall. Yeah. I, I would just leave them uh, myself. And then I, like I said, I pile some leaves around water them in well. Um, if you want to do some soil amendment right now, some good compost, things like that is really good for them. Feed the soil now, like even adding, like our lawn fertilizer is great for roses because it has that high middle number. Yeah, okay. You okay. can mix that into the soil, and there's a couple other ones that you can do. But right now we want to feed our soil, like any of the composts. Um, right. Things like that. It's it's just good because you mix it in, and it soaks into the soil. So the next spring, when it gets going, all, and if we feed your soil, you're going to get good plants up top. So right, right. So none of this cut cut them back down like to no. The bait. We, we don't live in Vancouver, so right. okay. So that's where that comes. from. Yeah, okay. and that's okay. unfortunately so much of the literature and the and the things that we get in our information is coming from other areas. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so we need, I like to leave everything up there for protection. So if it does freeze and you get that winter die back, it's going to be on branches that you would want to cut back anyways. Right. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All righty. Thank you very much. All right. And yeah, just keep feeding them and then ensure you deadhead your roses throughout the season as they bloom because then it'll yeah. just keep spitting more out for you. Yeah, I've been doing that. They've been going crazy. So I'll just let them uh, die back and then address them in the spring. Perfect. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a time to procrastinate gardening a bit. <laughs> That's right. Perfect. All awesome. right. I won't do too much. Thanks a lot. You're very welcome. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go to Jazz. Good morning, Jazz. Oh, good morning, Merle. How can I help you? Uh, okay. I have. Um, I live on an acreage and I've got a lot of Tony Astrons and they've got these, they've done so well. 
but this year, uh, right from the root, the the, uh, the little stalks have gone um, brown. Yeah. Should I cut them off and treat them, or? I, I would, yeah, well, it sounds like you probably got that scale. It's sort of been going around Calgary and area, and oh. they've been infested. So what those need is a good rejuvenation. Uh-huh. So you cut them right down to the ground. I would wait now until they're totally gone dormant. Okay. Uh, you can do it either early spring, like early, early, or throughout the winter sometime. But right. let all that energy download into the roots, and then cut them right down to the ground, like sort of two or three to four inches. Okay. Remove any of the deadwood. Do a really good cleanup of the leaves and that at that time, and uh, and then early spring, put a soaker hose on the hedge and ensure you give it some fertilizer. Um, even like a twenty 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 is great for those, and uh, and then you'll see a big difference. Great. And my second question was that I planted um, um, a beautiful vegetable garden with turnips and um, some um, peas and some um, green leaves there and uh, uh, Chinese greens and that. They did really well. And then I got this tiny little uh, kind of jacket, uh, yellow jacket bees that dug holes in there and went in there. Yeah, it sounds like those, they're sort of like a carpenter wasp. They get in there and they they gnaw away at some of the stuff. Yes, all of it, the whole thing. Oh, really? Yes, I got nothing. I can send you a picture. I haven't dug them up anything, so even Swiss chard did nothing at all. How do I get rid of them? Well, those wasps, and, and that's always the hard part, right? Because when you see certain bees or wasps around your... Um, around your veggies you kind of want that pollination and if you have tomatoes so you got to be careful to ensure that you're you're going to spray the right ones um yeah. so you can spray like the pure spray green works really quite well okay yeah i heard that earlier on uh, yeah um i had put a, a bucket of water and i found lots of them drowned in there yeah and you can use those wasp traps as well like the ones where you, we we have the little bit of fluid it's a it's an attractant Mm-hmm. And those work really, really well. I know this year I didn't have any wasps at our house, but in the past, um, it, one of my other homes I had when we lived somewhere else, we had a lot of wasps, and I put out those traps, and man, oh man, they caught a lot. So. Oh, I see. Because I'm afraid to dig anything anything up, because one time I did, and the holes, they all came around behind me. Yeah, no, and yeah. that's, you got to be careful of that. Or should I just get rid of that area altogether and plant somewhere else? That might be if are you near any Swedish columnar aspens or something aspens, that area? Yes. Yeah, that's why they love that because they get they suck the sugar out of the leaves. Oh, okay. So okay. you'll see them all over those because they love that. If that makes sense. Oh, it's right next to it. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. And one more question: I've bought a, um, a uh, black walnut tree. Okay, nice. Yes, and it's. It comes, it grows about an inch or so, and it, then it goes back. Should I mulch it, or what? What fertilizer should I put? Um, I would just use on on the black walnut. You can use like a fifteen thirty fifteen is great. Did you just get that this year? No, it's been in in my yard for about four years. Oh, now. nice. Yeah. yeah. We just I got I was able to get some this year again, so I I just love them. There's a great big one at the Calgary Zoo and the Arboretum down there. Yes, I know I saw that. Yeah, so I I was able to get a few more in this year. So, and pe- some people are afraid of them. I right? didn't see them, and but when you plant them, they're just such a majestic tree. So. Yes. Yeah. Very slow growing as well. Any of the real hardwoods are oaks, uh, walnuts, things like that, especially in our area. So do they need special fertilizer? No. Just like you said, the 15, 30, 15, 20, 20, oh. 20. 
uh, it's just our season is so short, right? Yeah. Like they're like for them to grow, it just takes a bit. So they're kind of nice. They're not going to overtake your yard, no. But it does take a bit of time before they before they get going. So that's so true. And did everybody have a cut leaf birch problem this year? Yeah, not as bad. It didn't seem as bad, but yes, everybody does. And we do in Jackson's for that through our pruning department. But it is something, um, and again, if you have birch trees, we recommend feeding them with the Rage Plus and deep watering mm -hmm. and the yeah. fertilizer. Because if you feed your plants, if they're nice and um, healthy, they'll fend off a lot of those bugs. So, Oh, I see. So for, for the cut leaf birch, it's the same one? 15, yeah, absolutely. 30, 15? Yeah. And then I water it now, like... Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I, you want to water it in really good right now. Okay. Thank you so much for okay. taking my call. I okay. love your show. Thank you, Jazz. Take care. Thank bye -bye. you. Bye-bye. All right. I got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And I did get the text or the email from Vivian and it's definitely rodents of some sort eating the tops of her beets when they stick it out of the ground. You can see them just munched away. It kind of reminds me of uh, watching the, the, the old cartoons uh, of Bugs Bunny and the other ones that are just gnawing away in the veggies there when the, on the Saturday mornings. But unfortunately, Vivian, that uh, looks like you got a little bit of a rodent problem. You can put out some mouse traps. Um, and they, when you do have the poison ones as well, you can use those. Um, or just the mouse traps, or you can try and cover them a bit with uh, with a wire caging after you plant them next year, and uh, and see if that will help. But uh, unfortunately, yeah, they've uh, gnawed away at those, and <laughs> looks like they enjoyed them quite well. So let's go to Larry. Good morning, Larry. Uh, good morning. How can I help you? Uh, I have an aspen uh, tree that I've had for about seven or eight years. Yep. And uh, this year, uh, it is uh, really pretty sad, but it sort of started off last year, last year with small uh, leaves through it. Um, and this year, only half of it came out. And then about six weeks ago, uh, the other half started leafing. And uh, it also flowered like not too many weeks ago, like about four or five weeks ago. Yeah, and that's then. typically when they're in stress. Um, they'll send a whole bunch of those seed pods. So what had happened is you probably got some of that when I was, like I was talking about last September, we had that really cold spell and it froze like Swedish common aspens were affected. Um, Amir cherries, um, some of the apple trees, um, a few of the green ash, certain trees and they just freeze dry and it breaks the tissue in them. So it just, so what happens is as it, as it gets going further in the summer, sometimes they'll send some, um, late growth. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I told you the wrong tree. <laughs> I have a linden tree. Okay, that similar to, to it, that'll similar happen thing? to that as well. Right. Yeah, because it, uh, initially when I planted it in the, for a number of years, it had beautiful leaves on it, like yeah. really full. But the last couple of years, it's been really pretty sad. So what happens to, and then those are ones that do need that really good fall watering. Um, okay. And we've had really dry falls, and even this year we're heading into the same cycle. Like we haven't had a good rain for quite a while, so it's really quite dry out there. Right. So we need to, especially our trees are really going dormant right now, which is a good thing. And right now we can start watering. 
the next okay. couple of weeks. Ensure you water, especially your bigger trees, and they tend to get forgotten. Right? They they look so yeah. gorgeous all summer, and we just we don't for, we forget about them. So especially going into these dry falls that we've been having that cycle, it's it's important to get some water in them. Lindens they fall in the same sort of area as aspens, lindens, and your cherries. Some of these ones that aren't totally native to our area as well. So right, okay. Um, okay, so, I, I did put in uh, four spikes uh, oh, a number of weeks ago. Yeah, uh, they don't do a whole lot. Like they're for a bit of a maintenance. What I would use on that is Rage Plus because oh, okay, you want to build up the tissue again. Yeah. So water really well. Grab some Rage Plus right now. It's a good time to add some of that into the soil. Right. And then okay. next spring, first thing in the spring, when you start seeing the bud swell, give it a really good watering and give it a couple shots of the Rage Plus as well. Excellent. I'll do that. It, you, it, it's it's yeah. one of the only things that can actually get up into the tree, and it actually rebuilds the tissue in the in the branches. So, right. Okay. All right. You're good. I'll do that. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Thanks. Bye bye. All right. I think I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Actually, and I had another caller actually just emailed me regarding uh, the Virginia creeper with those leaf hoppers, and he had used dish soap mixed with water. Um, and the problem when you use the dish soap or even the um, insecticidal soap, you need to rinse it off. Otherwise, it works like a magnifying glass, like you spray the dish soap onto your leaves. And then it sort of creates that shiny bubble. And when the sun goes, it just fries it, right? It works like a magnifying glass. So the nice thing about the Pierceburg Green, you don't need to rinse it off. So I like it this a lot better. If you're going to use any of the dish soap methods or the insecticidal soap, like trounce, etc., you got to leave it on for two or three hours, but you got to ensure that you rinse it off. Otherwise, you can create more problems than your than your then you're solving. Let's just put it that way. It's uh, it's a little less expensive. I know getting the Dawn <laughs> dish soap out in the yard and, and all that fun stuff, but it, you just got to be careful when you're using some of these home remedies. Sometimes they're more dangerous than, uh, than, the, than some of the products you're going to get at a garden center. And that same with vinegars. Vinegars very... Um, and erase like it just it uh, it can just uh, rot stuff away, kill stuff. Um, so you got to be careful with a lot of those uh, home remedies. So corrosive is the word I was looking for. Sunday morning, sometimes I'm okay, sometimes I'm uh on some of the <laughs> some of my words. I get my brain working. I'm sort of actually I feel uh, I feel pretty good today. I'm sort of at about eighty percent. So we'll see. A couple more drinks of coffee. I'll try and bump that up for everybody. Let's go to Daryl. Good morning, Daryl. Morning. How are you, Merle? Good, good. How can I help you? Um, I'm out on an acreage, and uh, I've got a bunch of uh, poplars in a windrow, yep. um, a windbreak. And a couple of years ago when it was really dry, the tops kind of died off yep. on them. Yep. So some some of them died, like they're right down to the ground, and they're coming back from the from the very base of the tree, but some of them are 
have vigorous growth, but it's like about 10 feet up from yeah, the ground. Yeah, so what I would recommend is get in there and do some pruning. So what what had happened, it's similar to the, my couple calls earlier where I talked about when we get these dry falls, and especially on big poplars, bigger trees, shelter belts, we, f- we forget about them. We don't give them any water. So when we have those trees, so what the trees... Um, self-defense mechanism kicks in, it shuts down from the top up because there's no water left. So for it to save its roots and the majority of the tree, it shuts down the upper part of itself and slowly just shut down all the way down. So that's what those have done. So what I'd recommend is try and get even a drip water system out to your your shelter belt if possible. Um, And they work really well and you don't use a lot of water and they're pretty easy to install. Um, but what I'd recommend is getting a pruning crew out to uh, clean up your poplars and try and save them. Otherwise, if you leave them and they don't heal properly, you're going to get a lot of rot, a lot of disease going through those. And you'll end up losing most of your shelter belt. Yeah, well, that's that was my question. Like, what's the best way to, to, to take those down? Would you, the ones that are... Right to the ground, I would just, yeah, I just chop them down. And obviously, you got to be careful. If you, if you don't feel comfortable with that, I would call the pruning guys out to do that. Yeah, no, I, I can do that. I'm just, uh, like, the ones that are growing 10, 10 feet up, would you cut them off up there? Or would you? Take yeah, but that's where you got to be careful where you're cutting. Just You don't want to leave stumps and, and certain things. So on some of those, um, you got to try and cut, like, just some of them you need to take right back to the main trunk, some at certain joints. You just don't want to leave stubs because then it leaves it open and then they, they sort of right. die back. Um, they don't. They don't have a way to heal properly. And then you'd want to train a new leader. Yeah, up. somewhat. Well, they'll take care of themselves a bit. Like you got. You'll. You'll. You'll shape them a bit to get going in a certain direction. Absolutely. Okay. But on some of them, like I said, for some of them, if it's worth saving, you might want to get an arborist. For the ones you just want to cut down, um, just be careful. Do that yourself. And. Yeah. Uh, and and, uh, and go from there. Because when you get a tree that size, they become quite expensive to try and replace something like that. So it's something that's worth a bit yeah, of investment. Yeah, no, I mean, they're, they're, I got, you know, you got twice as many trees coming back than I had originally. So yeah. They're, yeah. Uh, they're, they want to grow. But, well, that's uh, what they are, like too, and they're 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 clones. And sometimes they die back too much, they'll start suckering up like crazy. Yeah. Um, so that's just the natural defense mechanism too, right? That they'll send it up from the roots. But what I would do is, even if you try to kill a lot of the grass underneath them, and if you can put a, a bunch of mulch on top of them, would be great. Yeah. That holds the moisture in, or just install a drip system of some sort to try and get some water out to them. Because yeah. it's well, it and our to... falls are dry, right? Right now we're getting it's so dry again. So yeah, well, there's a few hundred trees, so it's lots of lots of mulch and, and water. Yeah, like, for watering though, like I water all 700 of my trees at one time, like at the garden center. I just have a drip system to each one, uh-huh. and it just works on real low volume and just through an emitter, just drip, 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 and and it's they're really quite easy to install. So, alrighty. Okay. And what do you know about... Uh, Actually, I just got to put you on hold. I'm at the end okay. of my uh, break here. You're listening to Let's Talk Garden. We're going to take a quick break for the news. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'll just finish off my one quick call with Daryl, and then we got Cass Smythe. She's going to join us. Good morning, Daryl. Hey. Um, so with all these leaves I have, I want to harvest them and, and uh, compost them, make some leaf mold. Yeah. Um, so what is the 
like I've got a big wire bin, so I put the leaves. Do you do you wet it down, or do you just put the leaves in there and and let it sit? Um, yeah, for the most part, um, you're just using the wire. You have a sort of a wire bin, and you put it in there, let them pop. Yeah, you just put them in there and be patient. I know the bins work a little bit clo- um, better, like the enclosed wooden bins or or some of those compost bins, yeah. than just the wire because. Um, the ones that are enclosed, they kind of they they suffocate themselves, I guess, more, and that you get a little bit more of the the rotting a little bit quicker. Well, I, I lined the the wire bin with uh, landscape fabric. Okay, so well, that'll definitely help yeah. for sure. Yeah, you just put it in there and just turn them over. You guys steer them up. There is some accelerators you can use. Um, uh-huh. We have a compost accelerator product that you can that you can sprinkle in and mix it in with it. Yeah, and it and it works quite well, but yeah, it's just turning it over um, and let it do its thing. Be, be patient, especially when using a bunch of leaves. Just you got to let it age. It's going to take a couple of years. So, couple of years. Okay. So, do you wet it down? Yeah, you need to add some moisture in there for sure. Okay, and once you've got your your finished product, is that okay to put in a vegetable garden? Yes, but be sparingly. Like, don't overload it. Like, don't grow it in eight inches thick of it. Like, right. mix it into your soil. Okay, sounds good. All righty. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks, Bye-bye. Darrell. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with Cass Smythe. She's joining us from the Calgary Horticultural Society. Where have you been, Cass? Oh, I've been hanging out, you know. Yeah? Running around, dealing with my life. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of gardening? Oh, the gardening has been amazing. I, I just want to announce that I am now Dracula proof. I have spent the last five days talking and hanging around with garlic, so I'm yeah, lots of garlic right now. Oh yes, yes. Well, it's good to know because uh, you don't want. Uh, we are heading towards Halloween, and this one Dracula will come out. So well, I know the that, vampires. So yeah, vampires and all of that. So I'm Dracula proof. So as far as um, planting um, certain things, and I, you had texted me back regarding the beets. So you, you had seeded beets in the fall, and there was nothing there in the spring, but then they, they fruited up or they've... Well, they've... they produced a lot of leaves, Merle. They, they literally, they are a cool season crop. Yep. They're one of the ones you seed early. And I seeded it into my bed in the fall because I looked at the date on the package and I thought, oh, they're going to go off. You know, they're not yeah. they're not viable anymore. And it's only because beet seeds are coated because so, they're so tiny. But I seeded them and I got a ton of beet greens first thing. Yeah. And there was no real root development. And then suddenly in July, I had the most incredible... Little, well, they weren't little actually. They were around three and four inches across, and they were sweet and they were really, really good. So I just basically anything that's a cool season crop, but I prefer to do leafy, and I do enjoy beet greens. I'll eat them. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? When when do you like it, it, the soil should be a little bit cooler if you're going to do your spinach and stuff yeah. like that if we're going to sow for the winter time like sort of mid October hopefully yeah mid October I did I got a little carried away about the about the twentieth of September and I threw in some lettuce seeds well the darn things are well, I was going to say they would germinate already because oh, the yeah, soil is so warm and still sprouting and the sparrows are having a, ga- a great time. They think that I put in a salad just for them. Okay, so garlic. I just had a question. Someone asking about garlic. Um, can they plant them in in containers? 
Um, not really, because they yeah. don't like the frost penetration. And when your fellow was talking about leaf mold, leaf earlier, we mulch with leaves on all of our garlic beds and yeah. everything. And it's really crucial that you get a good thick layer on top of the garlic. And if you leave the edges, like if you put them in a container, we've grown them in our raised four-foot beds. And the ones near the edges didn't survive but the ones in the middle were beautiful. So one of the things I I have read and have been looking into a little bit is some of the soft garlic, softer-necked garlic does quite well in containers, but you got to insulate it so that it doesn't freeze and, and that's, um, uh, with the leaves and that. If, you, if you're in a yard with lots of leaves, I like using the lawnmower and just start in the middle, sort of like a Zamboni and work your way and just, just as, you, as you mow, take the bag off and, and let, let them spray into your shrub bed for exactly. the winter time. Exactly, your perennials. They're beautiful, great cover. They break down really, really well. In fact, if I were going to put some on my vegetable bed, I, I will go out with the lawnmower too and mush them up a bit and then I'll spread them on the vegetable bed now. Yeah. Because it's great organic material, and come the springtime, it'll broken down really well, and it'll break down into the soil, and it'll be great. It'll be good stuff. Yeah, I get a lot of people asking right now what to do, because so much of the information that is out there for us to read is from Vancouver, England, Eastern Canada, different things. So I try to, we, and that's why I'm, I'm glad people, so many people like this show is we try and do local. And this is where I recommend like a lot of, you get to procrastinate gardening. Like don't clean up your Stellador lilies. Don't clean up your, like let everything just die back. That's sort of mother nature doing well, its thing. Well, that's mother nature taking care of everything. Yeah. And, and actually, and honestly, everybody also wants us to have our ladybugs and keep our friendly insects and if we leave a bit of cover on and we don't clear cut our perennials and we clean up the shrubs just a little I've bit. I've seen so many um, <laughs> ladybugs lately. Like, <gasps> yes, they're fabulous. They're really good. Yeah. No, so which I was I'm really to give quite. Them nesting spaces. So, and that's a that's a very good point. I'm glad you mentioned that to uh, to everybody listening. It gives them a place, and then they can go uh, have a place to hide out for the winter as well. So, yes. just uh, make sure you you're doing that. What what are the other kind of things you're getting asked about right now, Kath? Well, I'm getting asked a lot. Well, first of all, the clear cutting, but the other thing that I've been hearing and been asked is. The browning on the inside. <laughs> spruce trees. <Yeah. laughs> spruce trees. And I heard you earlier. And one of the things that I, I always tell people is some of it's part of their natural life cycle. They're just trying to lessen the load. We're too dry again. No, it's every two to three years that you get yeah. that natural leaf shed. Like, and yeah. actually, my neighbors, when we had landscaped his house, uh, we had, we had put, I think, five or six um, uh, ponderosa pines. And, and they looked... It was all in the and pines are worse than the spruce because they yes. just show it so much. Like it was a week ago, I'm looking across the to, to, into his yard. I'm like, uh, and I can see it, but I just and then today I looked out this morning and all the all the needles have dropped. They don't look yellow anymore, but they just go through that. It's two to three weeks of That's that right. yellow. Yeah, and, and they, nature provides us with a windstorm. Yep. And they blow down and and they look fine again, but water them and don't do the you know spray them on the bottom of the tree. <laughs> spray the tree down. Yeah, hose off the, the water needles. Yeah, slowly into the ground. Spray from the but, top. And it's also Mother Nature's way of don't clean up your needles so much. That's Mother Nature's way of creating a forest floor because if it's all prickly down there. It keeps some of the pests and that from growing up. It's sort yeah. of like the old. Well, it's uh, really great for keeping sawfly larvae at bay. Absolutely. The 
number of times I see guys in there with leaf blowers blowing it all out, and I'm thinking, oh, good, spruce offly will be the question next year. Yeah. Did you, um, are you guys doing anything with, uh, with the Hort Society? Is there anything coming up that you can tell us about or any kind of well, online courses? Well, we've got great or? classes, and yesterday we had the Garlic Day of Learning, and if you go to our website and join our website, or join our uh, YouTube channel, you can watch all the garlic information that was provided, and it was really interesting. I did actually a session with the Atco Blue Flame Kitchen, yep. and boy, the chef, Chef Garth was just really helpful. But, I mean, we have some really good workshops coming up in October, and, and, and even we have our member talk, but it's about community vegetable gardening, and we're doing some really interesting bringing it all inside that's the care for your geraniums and your canna lilies and all of that. Okay, I'll get one quick question then on that. I did have the gentleman call in early, er, and I suggested, like, the one way I've done geraniums over the winter is this. I use them as a stock plant. I'd bring them in, yes. cut the third down, repot them, and let them grow, and then I'd take cuttings from them sort of February, March. Yes. What's the other method? I know some people... Well, a lot of people take them in and clean all the soil off and pack them in a cardboard box. Yeah. And just let that go do them that way. Sort of like a dahlia bulb or something? Yeah, sort of like the dahlias, but you've got to remember, too, that if you're going to bring in a dahlia, let the frost take the top a little bit, then clean it off, clean the stems off, and let it dry. And those ones you don't stack. You lay them single layer, and you've got to be vigilant. You've got to go down and check them if you're going to put them in your basement and and keep them not cold but not too warm. And they frost easy. Like, they'll tell you when they're done. Like, they, oh, yeah. the, yeah. the daily will get that. And a minus three to five will do them in. They turn that black mush. Yeah. They like, just sort of go mushy and yep. they say, okay, done. Yep. Dig them up at that time. And, uh, yeah. And so does the canna lilies. The canna lilies will say, I'm done. It's been such a good year for those. Oh, like, my goodness. Mine in my pots are probably, yeah, they're three feet, four feet sticking out of the pots yeah. just and still blooming like crazy. So. Yeah. Um, I'm continuing to fertilize and uh, and keep watering them. They're just they're still pumping out, so I'm gonna keep them going. So okay, good idea. Um, the other thing I wanted to say, Merle, because you originally asked me about potato scab. Yeah. Rotate your crop. Remember where the potatoes were going. Make sure that you incorporate some new compost. Do not put manure in. Go to the garden center and buy a bag of gypsum. Yeah. And incorporate that into the soil, and that will help to spread it out a little bit, and it will help your potatoes. And don't grow potatoes from the grocery store. Grow certified potatoes. Yeah, that makes a difference. And they don't like the manure, do they? Like no, that's they really don't like manure. It causes, you see, there is part of that uh, particular bacteria, the scabies. Um, I always laugh because it's, it, it has this great name, and the end of it is that is called scabies. So I always tell people, rotate your crop and watch the animal manure because it is carried a little bit in the animal's manure, so you watch what you're doing with them, and that will really, really help. But Oh, and then there's the resistant varieties, like the russets and the Yukon gold. Those are very resistant. Yeah, and that's why when you are shopping at your independent garden centers, they're going to be able to help you out a lot more they're with gonna those. They're going to tell you that. Yes. So... <laughs> Yes, go to your independent garden centers. We have some great ones here in Calgary, so yes. support them um, and uh, and go from there. I'm going to bring in a couple callers here, Kath, while you're here. Sure. i got a couple we can just do quickly before the break. Sure. And uh, let's bring Shirley in. Good morning, Shirley. 
Shirley? No, maybe no. not. No, oh. Shirley? No. No. No, she doesn't want to. I'll put her back and hold. I might okay. try her again. Let's try, actually, let's go to Terry. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Merle. You're the most popular guy on a Sunday morning out here around Bearberry. I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we, we try, and uh, and I'm very grateful that uh, I have so many great people that are up early, and uh, and we can talk some plants and do some gardening. So what do you got going out there, Terry? Well, I got a couple questions. One was with garlic here and then about carrots. Um, I was just wondering, and I kind of got an answer. <laughs> I want to... I wanna Plant some garlic yeah. in an old, uh, well, it's going to be a, a reused flower uh, bed, but it's only four inches by six inches deep and about four inches long. I was wondering if I could put my garlic in there yes. this winter and then pull it out and replant it in the spring in the garden. Um, why do you want to replant it in the spring? You don't want to disturb it once it's well, started. Well, no, because <laughs> it's... Uh, it's a feature spot in my humble little yard out here. There's this little flower bed. Uh-huh. But that's that's one of the that's uh, easiest accessible for me. Can you not plant and it just I'm right in the such garden? I'm having trouble with my garden this year, Merle. It's unbelievable. Okay. But, uh, anyway, <laughs> it can will I do grow that in that, in that flower bed with the garlic, or should I put it someplace else? Put it somewhere just... else where it's permanently located because one of the things you've got to be careful of is disturbing it when it's growing. It will literally, starting about April 15th, come up out of the ground and start wow. coming up under the leaf mulch. I mean, you, you're going to cover it so it gets well watered and it stays watered. And then once it started to root and then coming April 1st, as soon as the ground is even a bit warm, they start really reaching with their roots. And their roots go, you're planting them six inches deep, but the roots go down below it another four to five inches. So it's really important that you not disturb it. And wherever you plant it, make sure it's mulched in well. Boy, you're a really tough customer. I am. I'm Yeah, so who okay. says this garden's I, I easy? Okay, I'll put. I'll put a, a. I'll find a spot out here, and we'll do that with the garlic. Good. Next question, Merle. Yep. The deer, and between them and the horses, come in, and they've ate all my carrot tops off. Yep. Can I still leave them in the ground to get that sweetness, or are they pretty much done? I might as well dig them. Um, what are your thoughts, Kath? I I think. From my thought is, if the foliage is done up top, they might not be able to to keep going. But let's see what Kath says. Well, p- carrots at this stage She's of the tough. year aren't using their foliage. <laughs> what they're using is the sweetness from the soil. And one little light frost while they're still in there, they'll well, be fine. That sweetens them up. That sweetens it right up. They're developed as far for. as they're going to develop. So... Leaving them for about another week, 10 days, wouldn't hurt them at all. I've heard some people even leave them, like, longer even. Like, it's just oh, yeah. they're almost digging them up in, in November, well, chipping them out of the ice. My grandpa used to dig them in November, up, and he's yeah, up by, they were up yeah. by Viking. So, you know, mm-hmm. so I would okay, leave that, them. That's, that's familiar with, with mine, but... I guess that's boy. You got a hard customer there, Merle. Today, holy yeah, no, just uh, that's why we stuff. that's why we brought her in. So, all <laughs> right. you gonna drag her out here to the bearberry thing every <laughs> once in a while? We need girls like that out here. Yeah. Uh, hey, okay, I'll out get out of here. Thank you so much, you guys. All right, a take show. care. Thank oh, you so I much. I miss Mary. Did I miss Mary already? Or what's yeah, happening? she's still on a break for a while. We'll oh, talk later. Okay. Thanks. Bye bye. All right. Okay. All right. 
Hey, Kath. Well, yes. just thank you so much for calling in. I got okay. I got to head to a to a break here, but uh, thanks and uh, call in again next week maybe, and we'll chat some more. Okay. Fall's a great time to do some gardening, so we'll. Uh, oh, we've got to get on it. We're uh, we're I'm behind the eight ball. I'm out. I'm going out right now. Awesome. Thanks, Kath. Okay. Take care. Night. Bye bye. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Now I'm going to try Shirley one more time and see if she might be there. Good morning, Shirley. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? How can I help you? Good. Uh, my neighbor has a mountain ash tree. Yeah. And it hasn't produced berries in the last three years. Okay. Is it still looking nice and healthy, lots of leaves and everything? It's got leaves, but I think the problem is, like, they built a deck around this tree. Yeah. And I'm wondering if I got too much moisture and no fertilizing. Yeah, though that will definitely affect it. Um, it, it definitely needs, I would use 15, 30, 15, the high middle number for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully that will help. It probably, if they were digging holes around it too, it could have been disturbed a bit, like with the deck, et cetera. So okay. what I would just, I would recommend using like a, use the 15, 30, 15 and, uh, and hopefully that'll help, especially if it's still nice and healthy looking, which is a good thing. And, uh, but to help get it flowering and produce some berries, use the 15, 30, 15. Okay, that's really good. All righty. And I uh, love your show. Thanks, Shirley. Appreciate it. And have yourself a good Thanksgiving. Yes, Thanks you too. Everyone. Yeah, a couple of weeks away. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, have- All right. Let's go. Actually, I probably don't even have time. I might just read a couple texts or a couple of things um, that we're recommending that you do right now. We had talked about... Um, soil amendment right now is a really good thing to do so you can add your sea soil, any of your composts. I know we have a great spruce it up soil enhancement. We can deliver that in bulk or you can pick it up. Right now is when you want to add your soil because it protects your plants as well. So you're you're mulching with something that's going to feed it. And that's, I don't really recommend the straw and stuff like that because I find it just creates more of a mess that you have to try and clean up in the spring. Uh, there's this, If you're going to add stuff to your garden, you might as well have it there so it sort of two birds with one stone. You're going to use it as a protectant and it's also going to amend the soil. So those are that's kind of my theory on it. I, I don't want to add a bunch of straw to something. I find it, it invites more mice and things like that. So anyways, those are my thoughts and uh, we better take a quick break uh, for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. I just got a text in with a bunch of cedars. Um, and actually, they're great-looking cedars. Unfortunately, they are getting some winter dieback, and that was part of that, I would say, was from last year. And you also, it looks like you got a native clematis growing up inside it. They just need to get thinned out. Um, they're going through that natural needle shed right now on the center of those because um, these are like, I don't know what are they roof line is ten. They got to be fifteen feet high straight up. They actually look pretty healthy to for the most part. I would feed with thirty ten ten, um, except for that one backside. Unfortunately, it it did get some dieback on it. 
Um, that is just that winter, um, that freeze dried on you, unfortunately. Um, you might need to have to get that one cut out and see if it'll fill in. But 301010, water them in well. Um, just let them thin out. Um, we, we do go in and we do do some um, shaping of your cedars, but I would wait on those now until next summer to, to do that. Let them go through the winter. Give them a good hosing down, water them in well. I would cut out that big dead part of it, though. And uh, if you don't feel comfortable doing it, you can give Mark a call at uh, Prune It Up. He'd be more than happy to come out and uh, and help you out with that and uh, get it tidied. It's, yeah, it's unfortunate, especially when you get a cedar that big. But it even happens in BC. My brother lives in Kelowna around his pool. He has uh, about 85 um just giant uh, cedars around it, and he he's had a couple issues. Even they had it; they had some cool thing last fall as well. So they definitely had a few uh, die back as well. Let's go to Gerald. Good morning, Gerald. Hi, Gerald. Hello there. I think I hear him. He's coming. Hi, Gerald. Gerald. Hello. Good morning. Hey, Gerald. How are you? Enjoying your show. Thanks. Thank you so much. How can I help uh, you? I have a columnar aspen. It's quite large. Yep. This year, some of the leaves that I can see down lower are turning a lighter yellow-green uh, with more defined lines in those. So I'm wondering if I, I, I what I need to do. Yeah, on that, that sounds like it's just a bit chlorotic. So what it needs to be is you probably need to fertilize it. Um, oh. They do... They do, they're a heavy feeder, especially the bigger they get. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just feed that like with a good 20, 20, 20, something like that, a good all-purpose fertilizer. And okay. and uh, just give it a couple shots. It's a big tree. It's going to take a bit to green it back up for next year. Yeah. So I, give I it can... a shot now and then next spring. Um, sort of give it a fertilize sort of once a week um, okay. for about three or four weeks in a row just to okay. really help get it going. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, water it well this fall, like I said, but give it one good shot right now of the fertilizer, and that'll help uh, feed the soil and get some stuff down in there for when it refoliates next year. Because right now it won't green up because it's downloading sure. right now. So, Okay. All righty. Thank you very much. Thanks, Gerald. Bye. You too. All right. Let's go to David. Good morning, David. Hey, good morning there. Um, we got a spruce tree that I think must have been planted about three feet from our front from our front house. Yeah, and uh, it's about twelve, thirteen feet high right now. I'm just worried. Have you ever heard of like the trunk, uh, the roots doing any damage to the foundation of the house? Um, not really, but they become really top heavy at that point, and they have nothing to cling on on the one side, so it becomes quite dangerous. Like if the wind blows, like when it starts getting fifteen feet above your house. Yeah. So. Unfortunately, when they plant a spruce tree like that in the wrong spot, um, I would almost recommend removing it and uh, and plant something proper in that spot. Um, What would you recommend then in its place? um, It's something if you want to be that close. Like there's some definitely some columnar spruce. Like we have North Pole spruce. Um, The Fastigata spruce is another one. It's the columnar blue spruce. Like right. there's there's a and and unfortunately um when people plant things um 
they're less expensive at a certain time, and a spruce yeah. tree is less expensive than some of the columnar stuff. Okay. Um, so they get put into into the wrong spots, unfortunately, and it, yeah. and it looks smaller. I've seen it on a couple. I see it a lot in newer areas when they've, especially in show homes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it's unfortunate because the tree will just grow into the into the house, and it just uh, ends up being future problems. So. Yeah, I'm sure it looks really good for the first few years, but like you say, after maybe 10, 15 years, it's yeah. Yeah, not no. an ideal spot. No, no. So it's, I'd rather bite the bullet now, start yeah. fresh with something new, and then it saves a lot of problems because if you have to remove a big tree later on, then it costing you thousands of dollars. So, Good point. Thanks very much. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go to Rose. Good morning, Rose. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you? Uh, I have a question. Uh, I had an area uh, sprayed, it, it was grass, a lot of quack, yep. and I'd like to have a garden. So we, uh, the guy sprayed it with Roundup on about four days ago. I was wondering if it was worked this fall, would it be safe to grow vegetables in it in the spring? It, it should, are you going to add soil to it then? Uh, well, well, I can. Yeah, I would. I would definitely add, like, a bunch of fresh soil, like a garden mix to t- on top of it. Okay. Because you're going to have a bunch of roots, especially if it was... And just don't mow it or don't do anything to that area. Let the let the Roundup work and get into the roots and, and kill all the quack grass. Right. Should it be worked this fall? Before? No, I would leave it this fall. Leave it till spring? Uh, yeah. And oh. then just clean up the top. I'd add a bunch of fresh soil on top, like six, eight inches on top. Okay. Yeah, and then you should be fine. Okay, and what, could I ask one more? Sure. Uh, how about uh, how do you uh, go about ripening uh, tomatoes? Beautiful to- green tomatoes. Well, oh. uh, fortunately, it looks like our weather might hold out um, for a couple more, uh, two or three more weeks. Okay. I would leave them on the vine if possible. Okay. Are these like a bigger tomato? Like- uh, yes. Like beef are. steaks or something, yeah. I would I would leave them on as long as we can. It looks like we're going to get some good weather for the next two weeks, so okay. no frost. So they will ripen nicer outside like that if if you can leave them. Otherwise, people I know they bring them in. They either wrap them in in newspaper or leave them out on the counter. Like there's always a few different methods. Uh, if you wrap them in newspaper, do you put them into a cool area yeah. away from heat? Yeah, because that'll store them and they and they store better. And I but I think to ripen them, I think that kind of keeps them um, greener, I guess, but to ripen them, um, I think people just leave them out, like, sort of even on the counter. So if you store oh. a whole bunch, um, that helps store them, and then you bring them out, and then that will help um, turn them red. Because you probably don't, depending on how many you have, you probably don't want them all red at one time, right? Yeah, there's not that many. So, so okay, you're saying pick them, uh, but I would leave them frost, and leave them on the counter, just yeah, like unwrapped. Yeah, 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 and they should uh, ripen up nicely for you. Okay, so that's great. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much for your help. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Where are we at? Actually, for time, we're going to probably take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. Going to go right to the phone lines and... Go to Margaret. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning. Um, I had uh, six upright juniper um, planted four feet apart running along the my driveway from uh, west to east. Yep. They're 15 years old, and um, 
um, they all of a sudden became really dead inside. So, and they were uh, very close because uh, they've now grown to 11 feet tall. Oh, nice. And I've had three removed. Um, and I'm hoping that the other three I might be able to save, but I was told that they only last 15 years. No, I, like a good juniper, it, it can keep going forever. Uh, it just, again, when we get our, when they get older, they require a bit more care, especially in the fall and things like that, and they become more susceptible to some of our harsher winters, right? Um, so last year we had that freeze drying, so that affected some of those a little bit more tender evergreens as well, like cedars, some of the junipers, things like that. Um, and when they get close together... It, if it's in the inside, you can just, I would just try and hose them out really well, you know, with a, like a little bit, bit of a nozzle on the end of your hose. Yeah. And just let them shed their needles and then see what they look like, like next spring. Um, fertilize with 301010. I've got that. Yeah. But it says on it not to fertilize after September. Yeah. Those ones you can add some in there and for us to just get that. Um, nutrients into the soil. It's not going to use anything, anyways. Like so, what you're doing is you're 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 feeding the soil, so that way next spring it's able to just go like crazy. So, okay, and so mix it in a five gallon pail, and then yeah, yeah but water it in really well first, and then like I said, when you hose in it out, that'll help water it as well. So do the hosing out first. Um, that'll water it at the same time right. and clean out any of the bugs and any of the stuff that's on the inside of it. And uh, and then I'd give it a shot of fertilizer. And then again, next spring, um, sort of beginning of May, sort of thing, mid-May, um, fertilize it a couple more times and then see what it does. There's also a product called Wilt Proof that you can spray onto your tender evergreens to help. It's like a lip balm. It kind of helps hold the moisture in over the winter. Because if we get these dry falls again, it that's it's really hard on a lot of the um, evergreen cedars, junipers, things like that. I think I neglected to water, thinking we had a lot of rain here in Red Deer. Yeah. So and maybe we didn't. Yeah, no, it, it, our soil, and you're similar to our soil, it's that heavy clay. A lot of the water sheds off quickly, but then when it dries out, it like I said, we haven't had really any moisture for a new, like a, quite a few weeks for us here. So, Right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Margaret. Bye-bye. All right. Where am I at? Go to John. He has a green ash. Good morning, John. Morning, Merle. I have a older green ash it's at least 40 feet high okay and it has been leaning for a long long time it's leaning at, i'd say at least 10 degrees okay and uh, it's quite full at the top and uh, i'm concerned about its uh, stability i know they have pretty deep roots but yeah i'm just wondering if it could in a uh, possibility trunk. is it close to a house or anything or no it would go right down on the street on <laughs> <laughs> somebody's car or something yeah um the only thing i would suggest is it probably needs a bit of uh of shaping i guess or just restructuring the tree and and that's something again i would i would get an arborist in um they'd come in give you an assessment of it and maybe give it a bit of structure shaping um, to ensure that as it grows and keeps growing bigger, you're going to get the, the proper structure on that to ensure a longer life. Will it grow 
more than it is. Uh, oh, no, they'll keep going, but they kind of get maxed out to a point. But, again, that 40 to 50 feet high is typically it, – it, but they kind of – they never stop growing, I guess, is the, is the way they, they can keep going. Yeah, that's my concern because I think if it got much more top-heavy because that – that 10 degrees is more like at the first 10 feet. It probably has increased to that. Yeah, maybe it got backed over when it was younger or something. Yeah, it, well, there was other trees crowding it out. Yeah. So, like I said, maybe if you, like you said, maybe give Mark a show to prune it up or an arborist. Get him to have a, just assess it, and maybe it can be salvaged for a couple more years and uh, maybe get 10, 20 more years out of it. Well, I don't think I'll get 10 or 20 more. Well, then if it out, outlives <laughs> But it's just so hard to replace something like that, right? Unless it's a, a real hindrance. But it sounds like it's far enough away from the house, so um, depending if you want to lose it or not. So, Yeah, all righty. Thanks so much. Thanks, John. Take care, bud. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. One thing, again, I'm getting still lots of calls and people I'm chatting with um, regarding uh, spruce trees. Um, if you can, possibly hose them down as best you can. And I would water in any of our great big spruce that we have around town. Any of that extra water that you can give to them, they would be much appreciative. And especially going into fall, like where, like I said, there's no rain in the forecast for the next two weeks. Um, so we got to help supplement our trees and shrubs. And if you have any trees on a on a center thing in the road, in the boulevards, things like that, get out and give our city trees some water, actually, because we all pay for those. So. Um, give them a shot of water. That'll help them out. Right now, I'm going to go to Dwight. Good morning, Dwight. Hey, Merle. Happy Sunday. Hey, happy Sunday to you as well. How are things? Good, good. Uh, about, I just had a quick question yeah. uh, regarding hairspray green. Yes. Um, I sent you a picture. One of my pepper plants has got some like, like eggs or something on it. Okay. And uh, the question I have is, like, some of them were moving, so I, I hairspray green the heck out of them. Yep. Does it work on the eggs, too? Yeah, it does. It actually helps suffocate them. But you might need to spray sort of a second batch if you miss some that hatch. So it's sort of a two- or three-week process on some of these things. Like with aphids, it's sort of once a week for two to three weeks in a row because um, okay. they're born pregnant and almost spitting them out as, they, as they're born. So, yeah, um, they, don't, they don't come from the dirt, though, do they? Um, no, for the most, well, they kind of lay their eggs in the soil. So a lot of times I'll even give this, do a soil drench okay. with the pure spray green and, uh, just be careful. As you know, like with some of those peppers, you just don't want to get, keep them too wet. Okay. Okay. Very good. Thanks to eight. Take Thanks care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go to Ken. Good morning, Ken. How are you this morning? Good, good. How are you doing? Oh, short, fat, and happy. <laughs> Perfect. There you go, buddy. I've got a honeysuckle bush is about 12 to 15 feet tall, and when we get a heavy snow, it just bends it all yeah. out of shape. Yeah. Can I prune this back? Absolutely. It, how is it really quite healthy, or does it look like it needs a bit of rejuvenation? It, it's it's really healthy. I mean, I've got two of them, one in each corner of the house, but this one here in the last couple of years, it's just really taken off. And, yeah. Uh, 
it's uh, I you know I tried tying it up, but you know one heavy wet snow it just it just bends it right over, and I'm afraid it's going to break branches. And I thought if I could prune it up, you know. Yeah, no, and right now is a good time. I just wouldn't go too far into some of the heavy wood. Mm-hmm. Like, stick to the stuff that's thinner than your finger, like than your pinky. Yeah. Like some of the branches. So if you just shape it up top, give it a nice shaping, something like that, mm-hmm. that would be great. Okay, that that's that uh, that that chemical you sell that uh, for killing aphids there. Yeah, right? pure spray green. Does that hurt the birds? No. Well, if you spray the bird itself, yes, but no. Because I got I got the sparrows and the finches, they're just going crazy on the aphids, and it's like as much as I hate the aphids, it sure fattens up the birds, and I don't want the killing my birds. Yeah, off. no. That's at all. this point, I would leave them again, like unless it's really affecting, like. Um, let's let them, let the birds eat like crazy because the aphids are going to get all frozen and things like that. So let's just start fresh. Mm -hmm. So wait till the first freeze, aphids will be gone. The birds will be gone. Um, then I would give that honeysuckle, just give it a nice shaping at that time. And then next spring, um, make sure you feed it with 15, 30, 15 and they get lots of aphids. So again, if you get on the program, Starting 1st of July, sort of once a week, give them a shot of the Pure Spray Green. Okay. That will help keep those at bay. I sure appreciate it, sir. Thank you so much. You Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Honeysuckles are one of those ones that are just great. Like, they're a, a great shrub. You get great flowers. They look so nice. And, uh, yeah, let's go. Got one more call here. Lorene. Good morning, Lorene. L- Hi, Lorene. Um can uh, can strawberries be overwintered in cedar boxes? Um, the yes and no. It depends on the size of them. Um, okay, uh, six inches deep. Yeah. See, that's um, minimal. So if I if I was going to try and winter them in a box like that, I would try to s- take that box and stick them beside a garage or somewhere where it's the shadiest, darkest, sort of cool place. Because mm-hmm. um, if you leave them out on the deck in the full sun... Well, no, no. There, I've got them in the garden, but I was thinking if I dug a six-inch trench, yep, absolutely, and put them all in a row, yep. that, would that work? Yeah, no, and then just mulch them over nicely. Absolutely, yep. Okay, yeah. So for uh, leaf rollers on uh, plum trees, um, should that only be sprayed and say once in May, twice in June, and once in July? Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. Actually, that sounds like a good thing. Like for those, you just got to get them when they're coming out in the. In the caterpillar stage, like so, spraying them later on is kind of used, like in, yeah, because they're because <laughs> yeah. they're gone, right? You yeah, see, the, right. a lot of times we don't see the effects until later, like this year when people are looking up at their aspens or some of the other ones, like you were saying. Um, you see the ill effects of what has happened throughout the summer, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, it, it's okay. a it's a hard one. Alrighty, okay, thank you, thank you so much. Bye bye. All right, I think I take one more quick one. I'll hit Ed here on a quick flower bed question. Good morning, Ed. Well, good morning. How can I help you? Well, I've got flower beds, uh, roses and hydrangeas and some other flower beds, and I've got cedar chips on them. Yep. And I'm a little concerned about amending them with um, uh, with sea soil. But how do I amend them with sea soil when I've got all these chips on them? Yeah, with all the wood, and that's where it's tough. So that's where you just use a a granule of fertilizer, like even like our lawn fertilizer is really good for flower beds, like because it's the green it up, um, sixteen thirty two six. Um, yeah. You can just mix that in, and it'll wash down into it. You could use a liquid fertilizer. 
um, to do that. It, it, it is tough when you have, or you pull the mulch back, mix in your, your amendment, and then put the mulch back over. Oh, okay. And what about the, what about the garden? Um, same thing. The like, do you have soil, ch- yeah. soil okay in the garden? Yep, sea soil is great. Um, any of the compost, if it's a bigger one, um, we do have the the green well, they're, they're, raised, they're raised garden beds. Yeah, yep. No, just yeah, mix in your sea soil. You should be good. Okay, I appreciate Thanks, Ed. that. Thank Take you. care. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. All right. Thanks for being with me here this Sunday. We'll get our garden on next week here on seven seventy CHQR.